Renny Thomas, and you are tuning into Water Tree, a weekly podcast where the leaves are green and the roots are spread by the living waters. Hi, welcome back to another episode here on Water Tree. If you are new here, welcome. This podcast is for homemakers and wives. It offers personal experiences and lessons that the Lord has been teaching me along the way. I don't claim to know everything about homemaking, but I pray that we can grow together as water trees planted by the Lord. Now, today is the last episode in our season uh, where we delved into the topic of miscarriage. And today, I know this has been a long-awaited episode because a lot of things has been happening in my life and also I got sick and so I've been pushing this last episode for the season off until today. (laughs) But I'm glad I got the time off because I needed to really stop and think about some questions I had and also to apologize to some people for the way I acted post-miscarriage. And I'll, I'll share that in a little bit. So some things I've realized that with, after a loss, I think it happens to a lot of people too. We try to find things to cope with our pain and some people can go to entertainment or another go to comfort food or to some they tell themselves uh, a lie what they didn't know it was a lie but um, to comfort their their hurt and then so that's what we did we um, told ourselves that since the baby looked like it didn't fully matured, then we thought the, the breath of God did not come to the, the body so that it's not a living being. That's what we told ourselves. My mother-in-law was in town and bless her heart, she is trying to help us uh, think about the things that we can do to honor this life. And we just <laughs> shrug her off because, you know, just the explanation that I had given. And it wasn't until months later that I realized that we should have done something to commemorate the, the life of the fetus. Just as my mother-in-law had said, my husband and I were secretly thinking that we should have had the the fetus buried in our garden that as the the time was coming into winter they can decompose there and whatever life that would grow that would remind us of our fetus so i don't know if the one that's listening right now if you have told yourself a coping mechanism and if you wished you could have done something different um you're not the only one that have done that And I want to advise to not 
stay where you're at. Do not stay in the I wish I would have had kind of mindset because you can't live there your whole life. Acknowledge you're wrong and and move on. Doesn't mean that you're just going to heal that way, but we need to be present and not be stuck in the past. And the next one that I had brought up and the things that, you know, the Lord has been teaching me and the grieving process takes a while, guys. And I've talked to other people who have had a miscarriage before and they've had it for like, the, the miscarriage happened to them like 40 years ago, but you know, they're still... There's still that void, and if they think about it, it still hurts. But you can't live every single day in the past, that we just have to surrender them to God and pray that He may reveal His goodness to you and His perfect plans to you. So, going back to what the Lord has been showing me in this break that I've had, that I had this lingering question of why it happened to me and I never talked about it and kind of said it to someone and but really brushed it off didn't dwell there and it was brought up during a family reading that I had with my husband and I shared that thought with him and the time that I had with my husband to talk about it it really was uh, a healing process too. So the the problem that I had was that I know a person who was in in drugs and also drinking, but she did not know that she was pregnant and she had a beautiful baby girl. And I was comparing myself to her and asking the Lord, you know, I've been taking care of my body and why why did she have a baby and I did not? It was hard for me to even acknowledge that those are my thoughts because, you know, I'm a Christian. I should not have these thoughts towards God. And realized that it was the same question as I've heard many people say, why do bad things happen to good people? So those thoughts needed to be addressed. And the Lord was just speaking through my husband as he was remembering of an experience he had before we got married. He had all these journals that he had kept and he wrote a lot of things that he wanted to share with me. And even he had written experiences with God that he had in the past. And so he had all of these journals in the back of his car inside his backpack. And then he was going inside a store, and when he came out, his window was broken in. Someone stole his book bag with all the journals, and he was devastated, to say the least. But the Lord spoke to him, John 10.10, 10, which says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. As we are still in this wicked world, there 
is a person out there that is always looking to steal, kill, and destroy. Until Jesus comes, Satan will still be working out ways to steal, kill, and destroy. Sorry, if you hear a uh, a dog's voice in the background, that is because we have a dog now. Uh, two dogs, actually. We adopted them, and uh, they had gone through a loss, too. Their owner passed away from health complications, and just the Lord had made a way for all four of us to come together. So, yeah, they're little sweet Pomeranians, and their names are Thunderbolt. Thunder and Bolt, but I could talk about them in another episode. So these are the two things that the Lord had addressed in my life during this break. And really, all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Not everything is good, but all things work together for good. So thank you for the wait. <laughs> and thank you for being here and listening to this episode. So. God has been good and he will be good in your life too because he's a faithful God and that he goes through these loss and even the grieving stages with you. If you let him, he will speak truth to your life and will give you healing and will give you even eyes to see like what I've, I saw that... Uh, uh, we had a coping mechanism that we didn't know we had. So the passage in Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, always fit to any situation, it seems like. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. And that is a promise for all time. And it's a promise that you can keep and you can trust. Well, this is not the whole episode. For the rest of the episode, I would like to add on another part of uh, Rachel's story. And today is the conceiving journey. I have realized that everyone's journey is different. There's been two ladies that after three months after their miscarriage, they had conceived and it's been three months for me and I felt like I'm missing out on the timings I'm missing out because of my age you know all of these thoughts but the Lord had directed me to the passage where Abraham and Sarah had a situation Abraham lied about Sarah's his sister to a king and then the Lord closed everyone's womb in his territory because of Sarah. And when Sarah was given back to her husband, the passage says, I don't remember the reference right now. So if you really want to try to find this one, if it speaks to you, that when Sarah was brought back to her husband, Abraham prayed for the king. And then in that verse, it says, that all of the all of his wives and all the the women in that country gave birth and get this because of Sarah <laughs> and i could only imagine what kind of experience this was for Sarah that all of these women well i don't know if she realized it at that time but if she did 
I could only imagine what is going through her mind. Like, why did they conceive and I did not? But what's so cool was that the next chapter mentions that she conceived and had a son. So from that, I learned that God is the God of fertility, that he can do that. He can open and close wombs. If you're like me, looking at the clock or looking at the calendar and seeing maybe you're missing out on life, missing out on your time, or, you know, questioning when is my time. I pray that you may speak even your worries to God and he will show you his word and his promises that he can speak life into you. And to come to that point of surrender, that Lord, your timing is best and your plans are good. And that is the chorus of Rachel's journey here about conceiving. And I hope that it would be a blessing to you as it had been to me. I would say that my conceiving journey with my daughter started with my emotional healing. Mm-hmm. And I I did a lot of journaling. I did mm-hmm. a lot of talking to God and not talking to God. I would sometimes I just got up and like Lord I need you to help (laughs) that's all you're right help (laughs) I did a lot of internal work well God did a lot of internal work in me Mm -hmm. and a lot you know I was surrounded by friends who were having babies and 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 all the different things and so you Mm -hmm. know like Lord I had to work through that you know it's like it wasn't like it was like Lord have you forgotten me or or what did I what do I have to do or you know all these type of questionings and stuff so it started with emotion emotional inner healing and even bringing me to a place where I I wrote, I literally wrote a book, I mean, it's not published or anything, but I wrote out all of that. I penned my experience. I penned my life. I did a lot of reflection. I did a lot of, I had to just let it out. And I just remember telling God, you know, it took me to a place where I eventually said, Lord, I want you more than I want a baby in my womb. Mm. and that was a journey wow and I believe when I sincerely I got to that place you know I feel like three months later I I was pregnant with my daughter and uh, this is after like even medical professionals were like well we know you can get pregnant but we don't know if you can stay pregnant Mm -hmm. one person said you know well there are a lot of kids out there who need to be adopted Mm -hmm. all this journey you know it was like after losing my babies like going back to the appointment it was like business as usual like I didn't feel it wasn't like I don't know it, it I was like that's why I said it could be a very lonely place yeah. because you know those who've been through it don't want to necessarily remember it um to share or to put it out there 
And then there are those who have never been through it, who really can't identify, right? And so you, you, you got to find, you just got to roll with Jesus. <laughs> because, For sure. Yeah. Yeah. There are thoughts that you should not be entertaining kind of thing, you know? Like, yeah. So, of- you know, yeah, just a lot of commentary along the way. Mm-hmm. and stuff like that so that's why I tell you that inner healing and just like just resting upon God how that looks like it looked messy I am saying it, it wasn't a perfect but it was messy but it was me being transparent and telling God how I was feeling and when I'm unable to tell him I said Lord you know all things so you already know how I feel and I just released it to God. You know, there were things out there that they say you can do to help with fight boys and all the things. So I tried some of those different things. But I believe I just have to trust that God's timing is perfect. Because, you know, when I got pregnant with my daughter, the time that I got pregnant with her, like if I didn't have the miscarriage, I wouldn't have her. Because the timing overlapped, if you understand, right? Like, the timing overlapped. So it's either that I was going to have my little baby boy and I wouldn't have my daughter as I know who she is now. Or I went through the loss I did. I have her. So God, your timing is perfect. And I think maybe three months later, I don't remember exactly how many months, but anyhow, it's... I just, I got pregnant again with her and um, that journey in itself was, (laughs) you know, I I had the miscarriage at 19 weeks. So every day I had to be like, Lord, you blessed me with her. You, 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 every week I just prayed to him every day. I said, Lord, thank you for keeping her in my womb one more time, one Mm -hmm. more day, one more week. It was just a humble place. And I said, Lord, bless me to be, bless me to be grateful. Bless me to to enjoy each moment and not go through my pregnancy in fear. Yeah. And even with my current pregnancy, I go through the same thing. You know, I mean, I every day is a decision. Every day of of, of seeing how God mm-hmm. would work and choose to work. But he, he gives me a promise before, you know, mm-hmm. he, listen, I could tell my story for a long time, but mm-hmm. those are just some of the things, the highlights of yeah. post- Post miscarriage, it was surrendering to God, let Him doing that internal work, inner work in me, saying, Lord, I want you more than anything. He knows that mm-hmm. I do, I, I wanted to be a mom. He mm-hmm. knew that. But just right, but just resting that in Him, His hands, whatever your motherhood journey looks like, you know what I mean? Just yeah. resting it in His hands. My pregnancies have not been easy. You know, then the selves have not been. It is not like, oh, well, now she's pregnant and she's able to carry on. You know, there were decisions we have to make, you know, as a result of different things. And so it's a work. <laughs> it's not easy. But I believe that he prepared me for the not easy. <laughs> yeah, wow. The sacrifices that I had to make regarding you know, just being pregnant. His strength is perfect, and he is my strength. I, I that song is forever engraved in my mind and my heart. Strength like no other. It is yeah. so true. 
Yes. So you could probably look at trials more like as an opportunity to draw closer to God or it won't be as fearful because you've seen how it has strengthened your relationship with God. You know, I have to. Or not, it will wipe me out. And I, I, I've experienced, you know, it's this, as I said, it's a process. It may not have been in the terms of, you know, wanting to be a mother or discouraged. But as I look through my life, I have seen how not resting on God where it has, where it has I have seen what that looks like in other facets of my life. Mm. And I don't want that to continue. So I learned that I need to rest upon him. Mm. I need to allow him to do it. And that's from trial and error. Mm. But, you know, yeah. Now, I, I want to uh, focus on one thing really quick before we close this session. Are, are you saying that you got pregnant even with fibroids? Yes, we have a visitor here. <laughs> I'm talking about motherhood. Um, um, okay. So you might hear her in the background. Um, oh, yeah. So, it's okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I did. You know, it's. I think based on where they were, they were saying like, you know, they're not an issue in terms of you conceiving. Wow. But the the, the concern is me being able to remain pregnant okay. just because of the size and all those things. So that's what the journey has been. I've had to. Hey, Rach, I think you're muted. Yeah, so what I would say is, you know, the thing is about staying, being able to stay pregnant. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I've had to, with both my pregnancies as a precaution, just have cervical cerclages, you know. Gotcha. And so, yeah, and so, you know, and those in itself, that's, a, that's, that's, those are, that's not an easy decision to make. Yeah. Uh, you know personally or even with for your marriage but it's yeah. but you know what's what's so amazing is that especially with my daughter mm -hmm. they usually take it out around week 36 and she stayed into her due date four weeks later wow. and that and that was god showing me like rachel it, i'm the one who keep her in there i could choose to keep her with the circlage but I wanted you to see also that I'm the one who keep her in there overall. Mm -hmm. It is me. And so I just praise him for that. He just shows me like I'm the one who does that. And sometimes he uses medical interventions and sometimes he doesn't. But he he, he used the medical intervention. He said, but it wasn't even that, Rachel. I'm the one who kept her in there. Mm -hmm. And I praise him for that. He just... I'm telling you, I learn about him more and more. He just shows me, he just loves on me. And there are some things I wish I don't have, I, I will have that experience. There. I don't wish for anyone to have that experience. Yeah. It. it is hard, it's painful and, you know, lonely, all the things it could be. But I just praise him that he was with me through the fire. 